the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Lifeline with Craig Roberts. He's the host of Northern California's longest-running conservative talk show. He's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. He's Lifeline's own Craig Roberts. And we forgot to mention he's here to say good afternoon and welcome to the Thursday edition of Lifeline for this 26th day of July. Imagine, we're well into summer. What, half past summer? Kids will be back in school before you know it. Mom and Dad, please try not to cheer and be that excited, (laughs) especially in front of the children. My goodness, have a little self-control. Speaking of back to school, we're going to get a chance to meet the administrator of a fairly new school right here in the San Francisco Bay Area with an amazing background and a great mission. We'll get a chance to meet David Swift coming up a little bit later on from Shiloh United, brand new school that's up and running along the peninsula in San Mateo. And details on that. We'll also kind of try to unravel a bit of what's going on in public education today and why more and more parents are finding it advantageous to either homeschool or privately school their children coming up a little bit later on in this hour. Let me mention, too, by the way, today is day number two of the San Francisco Outreach, SOS San Francisco, well underway. We'll run through this Saturday. And as we've urged you yesterday, be in prayer for their outreach efforts. Um, Tonight, let's see here, get my right date set here. Oh, they're going to finish up in about an hour a public outreach at First and Market Street. Tomorrow, 11.30 a.m. to 3.30 p.m., they'll be doing street witnessing at Fifth and Market Street, and then that evening, 5.30 until 7.30, at uh, Haight and Masonic there in the Haight-Ashbury district. And then the big rally, the big outreach, will be Saturday, noon to 5 at UN Plaza there, Market Street at 7th in the city. So if you have some time to come down and volunteer, or if you'd just like to provide prayer support, either directly on location or from wherever you happen to have your own personal prayer closet situated, we urge you to do that on behalf of SOS San Francisco. And if you'd like to find out more about the ministry, you can check them out online at SOSMIN. Think of abbreviation for ministry, SOSMIN.com. All right, let's get down to cases. Football season. My goodness, that'll be back up before you know it. Jarrell, don't get too excited. The team is only going to be here for a little while longer. Yeah, I know it. I know it. You'll you'll get over it eventually. Either that or you're going to rack up a lot of mileage to Las Vegas. As you know, one of the teams that was not in the Super Bowl this year <laughs> was Jarrell's Oakland Raiders. But one team that did and uh, won big were the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, last year, I should say, 2017. And joining me now is the author of a brand new book that spotlights some of the the um, better-known players from this incredible team. This new book, due to be released, uh, in fact, right now. And with me today is New York Times best-selling author, Joshua Cooley. Joshua's new book, The Biggest Win, Pro Football Players Tackle Faith. Joshua, great to have you with us. 
Thank you so much, Craig. Great to be here. You have been a sports writer for over 20 years, and you also have a background in ministry, specifically children's ministry. So I guess kind of the intersection of where your faith and your sports writing career meets took you down a logical path to to get together and to really spotlight the lives, the careers, and specifically the faith of these six Christian players from the 2017 Philadelphia Eagles team. Yeah, it was such a huge blessing to uh, be able to do this book. Um, it, it started out with a magazine article on uh, on six or so of the players from the team for Bible Study Magazine. Uh, started that back in the spring of 2017. And then as I got to know the guys better and just saw their faith and their knowledge of God's Word and their hunger to grow more um, uh, in His Word and, and in community together, I thought, boy, I think there's a, I think there's a book idea here. I wonder if I can use their voices to help athletes um, all over, no matter your sport, no matter what level you're playing at, uh, be able to use athletics to glorify God and, and grow in faith. And so these guys were willing to do that. New Growth Press, the publisher, jumped on board, and uh, here we are. <laughs> and something through the b- book, it, it certainly is applicable to other athletes, whether they be amateur, professional, or just lovers of, of the sport, whatever the sport might be, but this is also applicable to the fans, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, if boy, if, if you were not riveted by what the Eagles did uh, last year, even if you're not an Eagles fan, um, then, uh, I don't know, we, we have to check check your pulse. <laughs> well, Jarrell's still trying to get over the fact that the Raiders haven't been in for a lot of years, so <laughs> we'll cut him some slack on that, though. He he just doesn't get over things very easily at this age. <laughs> That's right, but yeah, so um, it, it's, a, it's a book that I think both athletes and fans can enjoy because um, the lessons that I, I talk about in the book are really uh, not only for athletes, but also for life. You know, what are you motivated by? Um, in your sport or anything in life, um, uh, where are you identifying with? Um, it, for athletes, are you ad- identifying with Christ uh, first, or are you identifying with who you are as a basketball player or a soccer player, and are you getting that mixed up, those kind of things? So lots lots more in the book, but um, those things apply to, to life in general, I think. What was the sense that you got, Joshua, in spending time with the guys and eventually taking the notes that, that were compiled into this new book, The Biggest Win, Pro Football Players Tackle Faith, insofar as some of their own struggles? I mean, let's face it, NFL in particular, sports generally, pro sports, but NFL in particular has had a bit of a black eye of late. There's been everything from uh, players that have been arrested for drug abuse to robbery, domestic violence, even murder for that degree. And so it, it clearly... It's a sport where keeping your eye on the prize, that doesn't necessarily mean either the big win, the goalpost, or the trophy, but rather Christ as an NFL player, given all of the influences around you that are not all that healthy, must be a big challenge. Absolutely. Uh, So in my conversations with each of the the players, uh, those players uh, that I feature in the book being Carson Wentz, Nick Foles, Trey Burton, who's now with the Bears, Zach Ertz, jo- uh, Jordan Hicks, and Chris Maragos. Uh, but in my conversations with them, um, that that was a big thing. You know, th- there are a lot of distractions. Um, these guys are put up on a pedestal, um, and, and sometimes they're put up on a pedestal against their will, <laughs> um, just by the nature of what they do. So I think 
for them. It, it's finding ways to deflect the glory off themselves and give it back to to God. Like I was sharing, are you made of whose who's glory are you motivated by? And, and they did that really well. I mean, Nick Foles when he um, became Super Bowl MVP and led them to that amazing victory over the Patriots. The first thing he did when he got on the podium after the game was say, "All glory to God." He wanted, I think, that front and center that uh, it wasn't all about him. And, of course, the irony is, while we might argue that, gee, between the fan adoration, the offers that come their way, the fact that they're on television every week, all of that, it must be difficult to control the ego. But even more still, the notion that all of us have a similar problem, and that is controlling pride, which is a struggle that I think no matter whether you're, you know, on the middle of the gridiron with the bright TV lights and a stadium of 40,000, 50,000 fans cheering at you or just getting through life on a day-to-day basis, struggling with pride can be a huge issue. Yeah. Yeah, we definitely talked about that. And, and sports is, uh, I think in the book I call it a glory factory. Um, you know, we, we uh, put things very quickly on a pedestal in the world of sports and uh, – um, it's, you know, it, it, it takes work. It takes a lot of prayer. It takes being in God's Word and being surrounded by other believers who are speaking into your life um, to battle that pride uh, that naturally comes with success uh, and, and also battle those feelings of, of failure when, when you don't succeed either as a team or, or individually. So these are all very relevant uh, topics that, you know, the Eagles, who helped me with the book, uh, talk about, and I think it's relevant for any athlete, again, at any level. And certainly a very compelling new book, whether it is read and enjoyed by amateur or pro players or for we fans in the stadiums. The book is called The Biggest Win, Pro Football Players Tackle Faith, newly released by New Growth Press. You'll find it at the usual suspects, Bay Area bookstores, and certainly through Amazon.com. Joshua Cooley, we appreciate so much time and a look at your new book, again, newly released by New Growth Press. Check out The Biggest Win, Pro Football Players Tackle Faith. All right, let's tackle traffic right now, shall we? We're going to move on to the KFAX Traffic Center at 515, get a look at this ride home on Thursday with Michael Bennett. Michael, tell us what's going on out there. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. All right, welcome back to the conversation. It is 20 minutes after the hour, 5 o'clock here on the Thursday edition of Lifeline. I want you to um, imagine with me for a moment. I'm going to describe a scenario. See how disquieting this might be. Imagine a state-run indoctrination program that captures children at the tender age of five to teach and train a way of thinking, in fact, a very fundamental way of life, a world that, quite frankly, eliminates God in every fashion. Trainers, in fact, will not speak of God, only speak of human and humanistic concepts, a methodology that ultimately reworks and changes the very core identity and expression of self and gender and purpose, pressuring children into essentially abandoning all of the fundamentals that they have been taught at home, by their parents, by society in general, and in their churches. In fact, a society where the state empowers children to overcome parental choice, and all of this being recast 
as a form of freedom. Now, you might think that I'm either describing, oh, I don't know, the early days of the influence of Nazism in Germany, maybe a chapter out of Huxley's Brave New World or Orwell's 1984. But in fact, a lot of that describes, sadly, what's going on here in California in public education. So what to do about all of this? Well, Christians running for the school board, Christians showing up to school board meetings, Christians being more engaged in praying is one big step. Another big step that many parents choose to take, and that is, if you can't beat them, leave them. In other words, making the choice, the intentional, purposeful choice of pulling your child out of the public classroom and either, for those that are able to do so, privately homeschool, and for many others, making the decision to place them into a Christian school. Joining me today in studio is the principal of Shiloh United School, brand new school that's operating on the peninsula in San Mateo. Pleased to have David Swift with us today. David, welcome. Thank you. Kind of frightening what I described there, and it does a bit sound like something that's been extracted from either a terrible part of European history in the 30s or one of the the many uh, predictive books that is filled with mystery and intrigue and thoughts of brave new worlds and so forth. And in reality, though, much of that is taking place today. Sadly, though, many parents learn about this oftentimes when it's too late, when their child comes home with a lot of strange ideas or you find yourself having to sort of um, re-educate them or to, um, what, what do we say? Put, put them through a process of removing all that they have learned that runs contrary into fundamental Christian beliefs and the beliefs that your family holds dear and having to reintroduce them then to the basics. And that's that's got to be troubling for any parent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, the gentleman that's on before me, Joshua, spoke about faith and sports, and that was the, the very uh, beginning of my personal walk with the Lord was in a private Christian school, Alpha Beacon, growing up, and I had a crossroads with my, the success of my sports. It was a small school, so it may not have been uh, a huge deal, but for me, it was everything to me. It was the most important thing in my life, and in the context of a private Christian school and a home and a church, um, my success drove me to question the success itself, hmm. in a sense, is this what I was created for? Is this what God designed me for? And, and I, could, I could answer no. And I prayed. I said, God, you know, from now on, I don't want to just win in the game of basketball, score a lot of points, win a lot of games. I want to make sure that when I stand before you, I didn't just win a lot of games and lose the game of life, but I really understood your design and purpose for my life. So in the context of, of mentors and teachers and parents and pastors, uh, all together, I was being discipled to to hear the voice of God, and that was a, a time at 16 years old where I really got serious about finding out my identity in Christ and why he made me and took steps to accomplish that in my life. Your journey is one that has taken you through some interesting uh, twists and turns. We'll mention for the benefit of listeners, you hold not one but two BS degrees, uh, one in physical education, the other in gaming. Jarrell's ears just perked up. Uh, if you want to file any complaints, by the way, he worked for a PlayStation development for about 10 years. So if you want to get your get your list out, Jarrell. <laughs> um, but I didn't even realize that was a degree, but you've got a BS in, in game development. And 
at some point, though, the Lord had his designs on taking you into a slightly different direction. Clearly, your personal educational background has played a role in this, as well as that of your families. And we'll let the cat out of the bag for longtime listeners here in the Bay Area that know your dad, Ed Swift, who, of course, for many years was the principal at West Bay Christian School in Redwood City. Uh, and your mom, too, was a teacher. So you, you've been exposed to the impact of Christian education, education in general, your entire life. I suppose it's not by accident then, but by God's design that you wind up working as a Christian educator. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a rich heritage, and there's many around the Bay, uh, the Grosses, the Sheelys, and the Marks, and the Chews, so many that have sown their lives and have really, really made a difference in the lives of so many families. So we're, we're so thankful that many people, even up the street here, I graduated from Fremont Christian, so uh, there, there are so many that have sown their lives. It's a ministry. It's a sacrifice, and... Um, you don't do it for the money. Yeah, nobody gets into this for the money. That's uh, that's certainly for sure. Um, but they do get into it because there is a unique calling, and I think you used the word earlier, mentoring. There's a unique opportunity at mentoring that can speak into a child's life, not just in terms of their education, but also in terms of where they're at morally, spiritually, their sense of personal self-development, and ultimately how we can sort of leave the imprint on them in almost a discipleship fashion that can then train up that child so that as they grow up, they in turn will go on to impact the next generation and so on. Hit on the head, Craig. That's it. And uh, that's really the sobering thought is that we do disciple in home and we do disciple in church. And our children will be discipled somewhere that we send them to school. And um, I think uh, it also goes back to the fact Uh, We need to answer the question, who is the primary educator in a child's life? That's an important point, and maybe one lost on listeners. So I want to underscore, highlight, bold, italicized, everything that we need to do that will also change the the typeface into uh, red. You say that every child will be discipled. So it isn't a question of will they be discipled or not, but by whom? And in that process of discipleship, what are the values? What are the things that the child will be taught to hold dear? What will they be communicated to that child as their foundation is being set? And uh, what's the old adage? It's it's easier to, to grow a tree straight than to have to prune it and correct the limbs as they grow crooked later on in life. Now, from a biblical standpoint, we all require pruning. But the, the, the point being, your child will be discipled. Who's going to have that privilege is the question. And what's the outcome going to look like as a result of that, quote-unquote, discipleship? Mm-hmm. That's right. It goes back to our the Great Commission in Matthew 28. It says, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them all that I've taught you, teaching in a and its most basic sense, is discipleship. So education is discipleship. And it's not the only discipleship, obviously, the home and the church, but uh, the parent is, is that primary educator that I think that we all agree as they've been entrusted, uh, children have been entrusted to parents by the Lord, and it's a, it's a fearful responsibility that, um, that the choices we make for our children, where they go and who chooses to educate them, is of utmost accountability and responsibility for parents. 
And so I think it's it's very important that wherever God calls us to put our children, that we know what they're being taught, that we do it on purpose, and we are engaged and active in their life since we are responsible for our children primarily. Is it practical? Is it possible from your experience and certainly all the stories, no doubt, that you've heard your parents tell through the years, is it practical or possible to separate out the moral and spiritual education from the practical education? In other words, some would suggest that we send a child to school, they learn reading, writing, arithmetic, social studies, history, all of that, and then at home and at church, we teach them faith, we teach them moral standards. We give them that foundation of their life upon which then the rest builds. Is it possible to separate the two out, or do they really have to run hand in glove? Well, I, I think we don't have to look too far, Craig, to really see what highly skilled people do that have very little character. So uh, we have hackers turning the world upside down. Terrorists. I mean, there are so many people that are very skilled, very intelligent, very skilled at what they do, and yet a lot of these reading, writing, arithmetics, in a sense, are uh, a, a neutral, a neutral ground, as well as the media is, uh, movies, games, things like that. That they could be used for good or for evil, and uh, we have that responsibility, even as as a as a whole Bay Area, to educate our children with the character, with the integrity so that when they do get highly skilled, they can use it for good, not for selfish gain or just to gain more money, but, but to make a difference and to serve others, which I think is the Lord's plan. So none of this happens in a vacuum. And a child is going to be influenced by someone. And it's often said that a child is like a sponge. They'll soak up any, any moisture that you put in front of them. And so if, if they're going to soak up this information and this influence, then we're back again to that rhetorical question, who's going to raise them up? Who's going to influence them? Who's going to disciple them? And are they going to be discipled with the kind of foundation that will allow them to use the skills and the knowledge that they gain in a healthy, worthwhile fashion to benefit themselves as a person, eventually their families and society and general and hopefully from a Christian perspective, the kingdom of God, or will they gain the knowledge and skills and put that to nefarious use, as you kind of alluded to, where suddenly they're, they're hackers and they're engaged in white-collar crime and all of that, and we've, we've tried to create a values vacuum, which is largely what the public school system institutionally has doing, been doing, particularly since the 1960s when we said prayer in school, can't have that. Bible reading in class, no, can't have that. Separation of church and state, establishment clause, which demonstrates the Supreme Court in 1963 did not know how to read the Constitution, sadly, even though they were charged with upholding it. So this really then puts the, the, the parents in a position of having to think through more questions than just, is the school close? Do they offer a good athletic program? Is there a musical program? I mean, these are certainly questions that we have to answer in terms of wanting a well-rounded education for our child. But fundamentally, if we try to provide that education in a values vacuum, the outcome could be much different than what we had hoped for, couldn't it? Mm-hmm. That's right. It's, uh, it's been my experience that uh, God all seems to put us in a position and give us a task that is actually too great for us. And 
people could argue that's not biblical, but in fact, God meant for us to work together. So if a, if a, a parent has been given the responsibility of a child, and who's a perfect parent? Who can really be on, on point all the time? Uh, in reality, the job is the responsibility of the parent, but is dependent upon the community to work together. And, you know, each parent brings something very unique and special to the community. And in some capacity, um, I've really been so overjoyed to just see the Shiloh community come together from all different walks of life around the person of Christ to make something so beautiful for the children. And, you know, some people play instruments. Some people are good at drawing. Some people obviously are excellent at education and all these uh, different aspects. But people bring something to the table, and they, they see the community as something that honors the Lord and for the children, and they, they love to be a part of it. So it's been such a joy. So when Hillary Clinton said it takes a village, she wasn't entirely off. She just missed a bit of the definition in terms of who should be in that village. And really in this sense then, as you're, I think, David, clearly suggesting, it's a partnership, not just a partnership between mom and dad, a partnership in the, in the triune relationship of mom, dad, and the Heavenly Father, and then a partnership with the educators and a partnership with the community. Because let's face it, as we talk about investing in the lives of our children, that's as much as a parent being concerned for their offspring as the bigger picture of society as a whole being concerned about the future of our community, the future of our nation. Even if you don't have kids, say, well, what kind of mores is the next generation being taught Who's going to grow up to become the next senator, the next governor, the next president? What road will he or she take us down as a nation if they have not had the truth of God poured into them, if there's not been both the moral, spiritual, and educational foundation? And that's a question that not only should concern parents, but should concern every one of us since we all have to share the same country. That's right. Right, absolutely. We're going to take a brief time out. When we come back, I'm going to ask David Swift to share a bit of the amazing story of just exactly how Shiloh United came to be. This is a relatively new pre through K and eighth grade school located in San Mateo. We'll talk a bit about the curricula and also talk about the new 2018 fall semester. That is Lifeline continues. Let's get a look at traffic, though, right now. We'll head over to the KFAX Traffic Center at 535 and see what Michael Bennett's got to tell us about your ride home. Michael, what's going on? And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. We are back. Let me mention, by the way, as uh, we head into uh, the fall semester here, I know a lot of parents are thinking, my goodness, the time has passed awfully quickly. And before you know it, the end of August, when I was a kid, of course, that was back in the dark ages. We didn't go back to school until the Tuesday after Labor Day. But now they seem to be doing it uh, mid to third week in August. So this is a decision that needs to be made quickly. And if looking at your child's performance at school, both scholastically and some of the questions they ask you when they come home, or maybe behavioral issues that you know there are influences that are not exactly in alignment with what you believe, what you teach, what the kids taught at school, and you really come to the point where you feel, you know, we need to make a decision here. We need to make a sacrifice, perhaps, in order to make sure that our child has the very best education, not only from the typical 
great SAT scores onto a four-year college viewpoint, but also from the moral and spiritual standpoint. If indeed you were at that juncture and would like to further explore Christian education, wherever your student might be, we're talking, of course, with David Swift, principal of Shiloh United School. They're located in San Mateo on 42nd Avenue, but anywhere in the Bay Area. Quite a number of Bay Area Christian schools have come together to provide half-off tuition vouchers for first-time students, parents that want to try it out, want to see if this is going to work, and in doing so, and it's amazing to see the number of parents that said, we made the sacrifice the first year to see what happened, and we knew three or six weeks in we had made the right decision, and suddenly now they're making choices in order to make sure that their son or daughter can complete their schooling in a private Christian school. If you want to get more information about the KFAX half-off tuition program, check it out online, kfax.com. That's kfax.com, and click off the half-off tuition banner at the top of the homepage. All right, David, let's tell a bit of the story here. Uh, you've got a beautiful facility located there on 42nd Avenue in the San Mateo, not too far from the college, I'm thinking. What's up that way? It's up from Hillsdale Mall and Hillsdale High. That's right. right That's right. Alameda. Okay. And and with that, the story of how this came to be is an interesting one. Just take a moment, if you would, and, and, and share a bit of the, uh, the, how, the germination, so to speak, of how um, Shiloh United came to be. Sure. Maybe the Reader's Digest version. But uh, yeah, um, with my dad and mom being in education so long, uh, it, it seemed very natural and normal to do uh, put something together for our children that really we wanted something very solid. But you know, as we know, we can't, you can't just do something in the flesh just because you've seen it done or you know how to do it. We really need to be led by the Lord. We need to wait upon the Holy Spirit and for his timing and his way. And so for, for me, instead of pressing forward, I actually took a few steps back into the prayer closet and really sought the Lord. And um, we're talking about something that is a very unique and special ministry that could be mightily used by the Lord across all denominations in the Bay and really be a blessing. So wanted to do it right if we were going to do it at all. And part of that uh, prayer and research process was really honoring the local leadership of what God is already doing here in the Bay. It's God is doing so many wonderful things in so many churches. And the, the pastors, the local pastors that God has anointed, each have a calling and a ministry that is beautiful, that is reaching out to a segment of our society um, that is very different. And so I wanted to honor those relationships I did have. So talked with about six pastors um, early on to really ask the question, if you had a school that would really complement your ministry of discipleship, what would it look like and how can we partner together for the kingdom? Because ultimately we look up and we see one Lord, one God, one Father of us all, and uh, when we stand before him, we're going to give an account. And so um, our pastor, Pastor Ziad of the Gate International, has been speaking on unity since the beginning of the year. And unity is a topic that is uh, for for a long-time Christian, could be a little bit offensive to think that, you know, you need to learn anything new about unity. Uh, and I'm no different than that. I was, you know, wondering what else I had to learn. But as the Lord highlighted to me in John 17, Christ's prayer to his Father, where he prayed for, for us, for you and me, Craig, he said, he said to his Father, Father, let them be one as you and I mm-hmm. are one. Mm-hmm. And in my own heart, between me and the Lord, I couldn't say that I was definitely the answer to that prayer, but that I did have more to learn and to grow to be, to be one with the, the, the community of faith, Christ-centered faith around us. And, and so, um, so uniting with those pastors, coming together to say uh, there's something that the Lord has given each one of us in this area. 
and we're continuing to, to uh, converse with local pastors and see the vision that God has given them and see how uniquely we could be a blessing to the local church. And in doing so, the whole family really benefits, Craig, because we are resources as a school to do an excellent job in discipling children. But, but the church is really needed for the whole family and the parents. And so uh, we, we fit naturally together, and it's been beautiful. Since that time, working with local pastors, just continuing to hammer out uh, what needs to be highlighted in leadership and even in technology, they suggested, and, uh, of course, character training and language as well. And the genesis of all of this came at a time when there had been a school that had, after many, many years, closed. Leadership gets tired after a while, and sometimes you just kind of run full circle of the ministry. And so that had happened. And so the timing of this seemed to be a God-ordained thing, wasn't it? Seems like it. Yeah, uh, Alpha Beacon and then Dawn closed uh, this year. And I, I was a student there for 13 years of my life. And in a sense, I'm a product of that school. And they, they've sown and loved the Lord and ministered to so many families. They just have done such an excellent job. And uh, the closing of that chapter... Uh, really did leave a, a big vacuum, and uh, it's it's uh, it was surprising to me the amount of uh, scriptures that were right on point, dreams that people had, prophetic words, prayers. I mean, God was very loud and clear about this school. I mean, whenever we go through a very important decision in our life, uh, it's been my experience. God lets us know uh, the direction that is really from His heart, and this has been no different, Craig. It's really been very loud and clear. Um, there was a pastor I met with, uh, Jason Frey, who told me, I met him for the first time, and he told me that uh, many years ago, uh, his pastor and he were praying on the peninsula here, and they were praying uh, over uh, an open land and praying that God would send a Christian school, really raise it up, a strong school that would really uh, benefit the Christian families in the area. And and they drew up a schematic, they had preached a sermon, they had a prayer meeting, and the name that they had for that school many years ago was Shiloh. And to me, uh, the, the name Shiloh came this year when I, it was very new to me. You know, I, the name Shiloh is the place that the prophet Samuel first heard the voice of the Lord in a time when God's voice was not heard. And it's been my desire that children would hear the voice of God and know who they are, their identity in Christ. And so when, when Pastor Jason had said that, it was again another confirmation that this school was God's idea a long time ago, but for me it's very new. And he's been preparing me through different roads and experiences, and he's been preparing this plan for children because he loves the children so much, and he loves the families, Craig. And clearly the old adage, when the door closes, God opens a window— and I'm sure for those in the community to see the the loss, so to speak, of um, Alpha Beacon, and yet on the heels of that, to then open up the window of opportunity for Shiloh to take over that very – it's a beautiful campus right there off of 42nd in San Mateo. And so, I mean, in this day and age with such a demand on real estate and such a shortage, and you've seen – increasing numbers along the peninsula where schools are having to uh, add portable classrooms and this this sort to keep up with growing enrollment, uh, the fact that you were able to even secure a campus is miraculous in and of itself, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. These are not a quick process, and there's a lot of paperwork, and and the Lord has been 
uh, confirming every step of the way with the campus, the wonderful teachers, now people donating all kinds of things, chairs and computers and all kinds of stuff. So it's 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 just a joy to be a part of, really. You've got an open house coming up in um – Saturday, in fact, we're going to talk more about that. If you are uh, perhaps a parent with a student in San Mateo looking for a new school home for your son or daughter or maybe grandson or granddaughter, or maybe you know someone in the peninsula, just over the course of conversation, this has come up. Uh, We're going to tell you more about the open house this Saturday. We'll get back to more of our conversation. David Swift is with us today in studio. He is the principal of Shiloh United School in San Mateo. A brief timeout. Come back with more right after this quick look at traffic. 547, I'll make it 548. Let's get the latest for you as you make your way home. Michael Bennett, what's going on out there? And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Welcome back to the conversation. Craig Roberts in studio along with David Swift. David is the principal of Shiloh United School. They are located at 525 42nd Avenue in San Mateo. It's right across the street from uh, Hope Lutheran, isn't it? All right, easy to find. You've got an open house coming up this Saturday at 7.30. Tell us more about that, David. Yeah, 7.30 this Saturday on campus, the time to come check out the campus, meet some teachers, hear more about the vision, ask any questions you may have. Uh, Christian private school education seems like it's, a, it's out of reach for many, but we try to make it uh, available for every student, and we try to work with families. We try to work with everybody that values it, and we pray together and creatively come up with a way to, to make it available for everybody. And it truly takes a community to come together. Some people may be able to volunteer. Some people may be able to donate. Some pe- may be able to spend time in an after-school program to really tutor, uh, train in an instrument, or get involved in the lives of children. But uh, it's a great opportunity. Uh, I know that one of your desires, Craig, is on this show is to allow people to use their giftings. You know, sometimes there's a, a church is a great way, but the school is also another great way to use their gifting. Um, people are, have such diverse giftings. And with a school, there is so much opportunity to influence the life of a child by training and mentoring. And that's another thing that we have on campus is a time during the week that's just one hour that we allow students to answer the question, uh, what does this Bible verse mean to you? What do you want to do about it? We know truly that Christ himself says, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. And every one of us, I think, need to answer that question. And the children are not too young to answer that question for themselves, but to, but to really process, you know, what does the Word of God say? How do I want to, to change my life? I know, um, I know my son has been ministering to people at the park. He wants to tell them about Jesus. And we say, why do you do, it? Why do, you do that? He says, I don't want them to, uh, to not be with me, but I want them to be with me in heaven when I go to heaven. So um, we know that there's room for everybody. So... Uh, to be involved. So this Saturday, yeah, come check out the campus, check out the teachers, and hear more about the vision of Shiloh. You've got a nice campus there with a lot of room for potential growth. I understand that that facility, if it runs at capacity, can handle almost 500 students. Mm-hmm. That's right. So in terms of the community coming together, I want to underscore that because this is not an inexpensive undertaking, to be sure. And uh, you happen to pick an area of the entire country that's one of the most expensive ones. <laughs> Anybody who lives on the peninsula knows that to be true. And, and yet in spite of that, we know that education needs to take place, and we know that it's important to be able to give children options 
that focuses again not just on the scholastic portion of their development, but on their moral and spiritual and character development. And so uh, toward that end, um, it's, it takes a lot. And as you mentioned, nobody gets into this because they think, hey, we're going to make a million bucks. Let's just start ourselves a Christian school. Uh, but in fact, the heart is really focused on giving all that can be given to sacrifice, to give the children the best opportunity that they have at life by starting that firm moral, spiritual, and educational foundation. Um, I'll mention again for parents that are just saying, mm, you know, not so sure budget-wise, going to have to look, take a look at all this. Why don't you come down to the open house this Saturday at 730, get a chance to meet David. You're going to talk more about uh, the vision and goals and long-term range uh, outreach of Shiloh United. Get a chance to meet the teachers, tour the campus, and uh, see whether or not this is a good fit for your son or daughter, or discover how you can engage in giving some of those talents and abilities back to the community. And I would imagine having tutors that come along, maybe retired teachers that would like to donate some time. The other thing that I understand you're focusing on, and this makes perfect sense given your background, and that is understanding that we live in a technological age, and that school is planted uh, right there in the center of technology in the world in the north portion of the Silicon Valley. And so giving children a, a head up, so to speak, when it comes to growing up with the new technology is important, too. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I've been at Sony for about 10 years, and technology is important. I know that we're leading the, the state and the country in many ways and affecting really the world. And this, uh, as well as anything else, in a, in a neutral sense, can be used for good or for evil. So we want to make sure children that are coming through the grades are having the foundations for engineering and coding and robotics, even VR, getting ready for what's happening today and what they can be part of tomorrow and use it for God's glory. A lot of diversity there, too, isn't it? I mean, from, from my years on the peninsula, I know that a lot of San Mateo has changed, and so you're having to... Um, move and grow with those changes. And so in addition to, obviously, the, the, the core curricula in English, you're also offering studies in Spanish and in Mandarin. That's right. We, one of the cores of the school is compassion, discovery, and innovation. And the compassion portion really speaks to the, the emphasis on personal character development and also to, to serve others with what you're learning. So... Um, as the languages are being learned early, early on, it allows our students to not only learn a language, but learn a culture and a people that they'll be prepared to, to reach out with the good news of Jesus Christ. And what a wonderful opportunity from a missions standpoint. I mean, after all, we do live in perhaps one of the most exciting mission fields anywhere in the world. Where else can you influence the entire world simply by stepping out your front door? That's kind of unique to the San Francisco Bay Area. Again, I'll mention the open house this Saturday, 7.30 p.m. at the new school, Shiloh United, located at 525 42nd Avenue in San Mateo. That's just across the street from Hope Evangelical, if you're in the neighborhood. You want to get details, you can check them out online at shilohunited.org. That's shilohunited.org. Or call area Code 650-762-5385 at 650-762-5385. Get more details about the open house. Come down, meet the staff, tour the facilities, and uh, get a chance to find out how Shiloh might be the right choice for your son 
or daughter. Details, too, again on the KFAX voucher program, the half-off back-to-school tuition program, by going to kfax.com. That's kfax.com. David, we appreciate you taking some time to be with us today and uh, tell us about the new uh, outreach at Shiloh and all that God is doing on the peninsula. Thank you, Craig. Blessings on you. We're here at uh, just a just a tad before 6 o'clock, as they say in the trades. We're going to get a look at some headline news. First, though, we'll take a look at the headline traffic. Hopefully that doesn't involve you. Let's swing over to the KFAX Traffic Center for that update and find out what's going on. Michael Bennett, tell us all about it. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.